All right, welcome back. The Audible's on the air. John Kajemi, Kim Camper. The Audible is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. And, John, whoa, man, whoa. it has been a long, long drought of doing these shows without uh, uh, without having a victory Monday for the football team, a victory day for us to do the Audible. And, boy, John, I tell you, I've been around for the last couple of days here, and, boy, it is palpable, the difference in the attitude here and, and the relief and the joy uh, on this football team. And I understand it's one win. And, you know, we, we talked about a lot on the postgame show uh, afterwards on, on, on the radio, on TV. It's, it's you know, it's just, it, I feel good for these guys. I feel good for the staff. I feel good for the equipment guys, the trainers, the, <laughs> the, the, the reception, everybody that's in this the, building. South Florida. Because it, it, and the fans, because it has been a grind. And, you know, the knuckleheads that put this show together and drive us crazy. You throw compliments I everywhere. So good. I don't feel so good for Trey, though. No. no I, I, saw, I saw one of his dates. I, I don't feel too good for him. No, I think Trey's yeah. going to let his hair grow now. Uh, he better. I, he I better. think he's going to let it out. But, but I mean, it's, you know, it's in particular, you know, the one thing about this team, John, especially over the last month, they've gotten better and better and better. Not with the best roster in the National Football League, but they've been competitive for the last month. Had won one game, had the opportunity to win another game on the last play, and we're in two more games in a, in a big way. And, and so the improvement, uh, and 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 I I I kind of feel the you know you know I, I was asked I was asking you I don't know if you during the post game show what's the right. difference between Brian Flores and Adam Gase, and I think we're starting to see that. And and to me the biggest thing is. I remember talking to Adam Gates. He didn't care about penalties, you know. And and one of the things that, that Brian talked about coming in here was minimizing pre-snap penalties and, and paying attention to the details. Now, everyone knows this isn't the best roster in the National Football League. Maybe, maybe the worst roster in the National Football League. Maybe the third worst. I don't know, but it's somewhere in, in that vicinity. Yet they've been able to become competitive because of those reasons that Brian talked about. They're the least penalized team in the National Football League. At least they were going into the game. Not sure what their status is now, but they're certainly one of the least penalized football teams in the National Football League. And they've got guys that are doing the jobs they're supposed to do and paying attention to details. And that's got them to be competitive and got them a win. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. I think it's, number one, it's great to come to work and and not feel like you're uh, searching for words to try to yeah. describe a football team that hasn't been able to win. And, and it's so much easier when you look around and, and you're you're looking at Dolphin fans in that fourth quarter and you, you, all you hear is the complaints and the yeah. boos and, and the Jets fans you know, on their team yeah. and on their head coach and the Dolphin fans finally get a, get a victory. Now, for this football team, we saw this since the fourth quarter of the Redskins mm-hmm. game. I think that was kind of the turning point of maybe not so much wins and losses, but the excitement building about execution yeah. on offense, on defense, on special teams. And when you talk about the lack thereof mental and physical mistakes where, where it shows up in penalties, when you talk about uh, playing a team game, when you talk about the the emergence and the insurgence of a veteran quarterback injecting life into a lifeless offense and being able to bring guys alive around him with the complexity of guys moving in and out and finally setting, settling in on maybe five or six or seven offensive linemen mm-hmm. that you're going to go and, and play four quarters with. And you get a young rookie undrafted wide receiver that's leading the team yep. in receptions. You, and that sparks a, a veteran guy who's been mediocre at best through his career that looks like he's a viable option in the receiving yep. core in Devontae Parker. And you get production from a running game that really was really non-existent, but at least you have the threat of running the football. And a defense that was able to create pressure finally on an opposing quarterback yep. that was able to make him feel uncomfortable and really look rattled through the most part yep. of that second half. I think you build on those things. And I think, you know, a lot of lots to be said for Brian Flores in terms of the discipline and the way he goes about coaching his coaches and the way he goes about there in turn, there's those coaches coaching their players. Yep. Whether they're six, seven, and zero, or zero and six and seven, the staff hasn't changed the way they've coached this yep. football team on a daily basis. And I think finally the results showed up on Sunday when you had a basically you had an evenly matched 
roster going up against the Miami Dolphins. I don't think the Jets are going to boast about the the talent they have now. They do have some very good players at certain spots. If if you take star power, if you take quality play, they certainly had more star power power than the Dolphins have. They're not playing that way. But when you, if you put those guys on paper, these guys are better than those guys. Yeah, but but when you look at the bottom half of yeah. that roster, I think you could switch jerseys and no yeah. one's gonna yeah. no one's gonna you know know the nameplates on the back. They're just gonna look at the the execution of play. Yeah. But I do think that goes that goes directly to what you just said about the coaching, about the discipline, about how this team and how this staff has really harped on the little things. And they talked about that way back when about. Doing things the right way, as far back as OTAs and training camp, that finally is they're not beating themselves. Yeah, they go and turn it over four times against yep. the Steelers, but are still in that football game. When you protect it and you get the turnovers, you win field position, yep. you get a couple explosive plays, wins are going to start to not happen on a regular basis, but you're going to keep your team in a, in a position to win games in the well, second well, like half. Like I said, John, this last month, the last four games – this football team has been in every one of those games. Yes, they have. It wasn't that it wasn't that Ravens start or the and, Patriots. And, and yeah. from the Ravens and the Patriots, you just saw it getting better and better. And and I, I think And by know, the way, those are two of the best teams. Yeah, in no, the AFC. no, no doubt about it. You know, it was nice to see. You know, oh, by the way, it was nice to nice yeah. to get that one win on Sunday. It was a little cherry on the top for me to see New England get it handed to them. Did, you, did your food digest a little it, bit a better? A lot better, yeah. A, a lot the, better. At the evening, yeah. Well, you know what? There, there's, that, you know, there's that thing. I think anybody that's a, a Dolphin fan, anybody that's been a part of this organization for some time, had the same feeling is that, look, we know this team's not going to be a playoff team, playoff caliber team. Um, we hope that they get better in those areas that we talked about, you know, not beating themselves as much as they have in the past. But, you know... There was there was a part of everyone said, look, I just don't want I don't want to see this team go 0 and 16 and have it kind of hanging on the back of 17 and 0. Mm-hmm. And I know people get tired of talking about 17 and 0, but it's part of this franchise. Well, they would, that a, would be in the same sentence, Bo. It's a bedrock of this franchise. That would become the same yes. part of that same sentence. Hey, they were oh, 17 0, but they were 0 and 16 they, they too. They lost. Yeah, so they, you'd have that that albatross right. hanging around your neck. That's gone. Yeah, you know, because New England ain't going undefeated. And and the Dolphins aren't going to win, aren't going to lose sixteen games, and, and and that was a that was a nice little that was a nice little, <laughs> a nice little on cherry top. on the top of the uh, of the end on on Saturday night or Sunday night to to watch that game and and by the way, the Ravens look like a pretty darn good football team and, and Lamar did. Jackson, well he is he is taking his game to a whole different level. Well, in order for Lamar Jackson to to get where he is, I mean they had it. He had to go to a team where he had a head coach that was willing just to say, hey, we're going to scrap everything everything we're doing on offense and we're going to build it around this player. And we're going to get players around him that accentuate his talent. I mean, when you've got a running back that runs the way they do and when you've got a quarterback now that has has gotten a lot better in the passing game, you know, Mark Ingram is a guy that's running north and south and he's not really waiting for anybody. He's going. And they have speed on the outside – with Brown on the outside and the rest of that crew, and they've got a quarterback that threatens you on every play. Uh, That's a pretty... Pretty solid team, yeah. and I think they're going to be, you know, knocking at the door at the yeah. end of the season. Again, there 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 are three sites that in in football that 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 really really make me happy. One is that look on Nick Saban's face at that moment that you know that that game is lost. Yeah, that, and I can say the same thing about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You know, the the, the frustration and the boiling over, and Tom Brady throwing stuff after the game, and Belichick just just steaming off the field. Nothing better than that. No, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And, and it was a good game. You it know, was, Because you yes. felt like it was it was 17 to nothing. You go, wow, this might this yeah. might get out of hand here. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Ravens made a couple mistakes on mm-hmm. a on a muff punt return. Yep. And they turn it over and they give Tom Brady excellent field position. He only had to go like 30 or 40 yep. yards for a couple of scores. And now you go away. We got a ball game. But yep. then Baltimore came right back and got that cushion yep. back, and New England never really could recover from it. So it, t- it takes that, that – that's all off the plate now. That's all off the table. Don't have to worry about that. Um, and, John, you, you touched on it a little bit, and, and, and I, I, you know, as long as he's playing quarterback here, he's going to be kind of the leading story. But, boy, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the, the day that he had – and, look, you can't say the day that he had without talking about Preston Williams. Yeah. Uh, you can't talk without talking about Devontae Parker. Mike Gusecki. Without talking about Mike Gusecki. Yeah. Because that, that to me, and we talked about, I think, last week, the one thing that this that, that makes that has made it tough for this team is no big plays. 
And now they get some big, they've got some big plays. They're able to get big chunk plays down the field to, to big, big yardage, yeah. you know, instead of that, instead of having to get, go have six first downs to get down in the, in the red zone, you know, and opportunities for the other team to, to take advantage. You know, that was resolved by Preston, Devontae, and Mike Gusecki. Yeah. And it, let's start with the quarterback. I mean, I, I thought Fitz played a, a heck of a football yep. game. He was accurate. He was on time. He had the, uh, uncanny ability to move within the pocket, to find some throwing lanes, to get the ball out on time, and give guys chances down the field. I think that's the biggest thing where I think these receivers now know about the ability to really give your body language that I'm covered, but I'm still I'm open. Yeah. You have an area where I, you can throw the football. Yeah. And I think Fitz, credit to him, he, he is so savvy about knowing his guys that he can put Devontae and Preston and Mike now mm-hmm. in a position where they're going to they're gonna use their size, they're going to use their frame, yeah. they're going to use that catch radius to make him look good as yeah. well. You know, that's a complimentary thing. You know, you can throw it in an area, but you still have to have the talent and the, and the wherewithal to idle your body down, maybe twist and slow down. The, receipt, the defender thinks you're covered, but you're actually opening up yep. that part uh, to a reception. And I think Mike did a great job against a linebacker, against Burgess, running down right in front of the yep. Jets bench for a huge play. You know, Preston did it all day. He was wide open on the end zone yep. for that one touchdown. And then Devontae, the, one, the one-handed back shoulder yep. catch, I mean, that was just a thing of beauty. Yeah, the, the tough thing is you, you, lose, you lose Preston. Yeah. Um, well, and then that was tough. I, I mean, you know, the season he's been having, that game is certainly his best game as a Dolphin. Two touchdowns really made a difference in that game. And, and to see him go down with an ACL and, 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 and miss the rest of the season, well, that, that's – you feel horrible for him. Um, and, and, you know, he, he, was a, he was one of those exciting guys that, that brought whatever life to the offense, whatever exciting plays – Nine times out of ten, he he was one of those guys involved in in those plays, and so you hate to miss him as a player, and you hate for a guy that that's gone through the path that he's gone through to get to where he was um, to be to you know to me Preston if he doesn't get hurt, you're probably looking at him being maybe the lone guy in this team that has an opportunity to go to a Pro Bowl, right? Absolutely. I mean, he could but be the, way the rookie. Going, yeah. He could be the, like the rookie of the year yeah. in terms of his production yep. and what he's doing, and and a guy that's coming out with you know. Under the radar, yeah. you know, he came out. You know, he had some problems, yeah. and he, he fought through it. He came immediately down to the Miami Dolphins and made an impact right away, and, and caught everybody's attention. Yeah. I mean, he flashed right away. So you're thinking this guy may have a chance. You don't want to fall in love because we've done that a yeah, lot. Seen it before, you know, yeah. over the past five or ten years, where you get in training camp and you you see a guy, you know, can he sustain? Yeah. Can can he be a guy that continues to be consistent? Well. Not only was he consistent, he was the best player on offense yep. for the Miami Dolphins, you know, through the first eight weeks of the year. This guy, it's a shame. Now, he's going to have to work twice as hard now, mentally and yep. physically, to fight through this. I don't know if he's ever had a major injury in yep. terms of, you know, going through the offseason, going yep. through, you know, the, the rigors of, of being able it's to tough. It's tough, get yeah. yourself, get your body, get your mind yep. back in, in a frame that you can get through it. But I'm sure he's going to have the support staff to do it, and I just pray and hope that he's going to be the player that you know left the field against the Jets. When we see him again, yep. you know, probably next training camp or somewhere closer to the regular season, that he's that guy that comes in and, and can be that yeah. dominant. John, the the other thing that 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 I really that that you know the Dolphins had a lead last week. They've had leads you know going into halftime before that, and. It's always been that you know. That, Here we but, go again. But then you stop, and, and that's it, and, and and then you get overrun. <clears throat> you know they go down seven nothing, get sacked, three and out, punt the first time, and you go, oh geez, <clears throat> Jets are going to come down, and they were moving the ball. Jets are going to come down, and they're going to put points on the board. Next thing you know, you're down fourteen nothing. They get the big sack from uh, uh, from Christian Wilkins. It, it really ignited that it defense did. and it kind did. of set a tempo for and that, that was defense. His best game of the year, his too. best game. And then you come back and you and you post seven, and the next next uh, those three drives you score touchdowns on the next three drives and stretch it out to twenty one to seven. Then you got that goofy end of the half, you know where there were you know Fumble. you get you, you get kind of the gift interception back yeah. there. But then you get stuck on the one-yard line, you get a safety and then a field goal in, in short order. And, and, you know, had they got a touchdown at that moment, then, then, then you go, oh, oh, changed. here we go again. But, you know, to, to keep them to those five points going into halftime and, and, and coming out of halftime with a 21-12 lead, um, boy, it, 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 
that 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 Jet team just fell apart after that. Well, they couldn't and, and do really anything. really didn't do much of anything. They didn't do anything in the yeah. second half, and that that was you know partly the Dolphins finally get points in the yep. third quarter. Yep. You know, find a way to get some points, generate some offense, generate uh, a couple of drives that at least you feel like you're you're on the field and you have control of the outcome yep. of the football game. And then in the fourth quarter, the defense just uh, wreaked havoc on on Sam Darnold. Sam yeah. Darnold looked like he regressed again in terms of being able to have answers. I mean, that sack by Wiltz, yep. or, or I'm sorry, by Needham, by Needham yeah. uh, was unbelievable because I, I was standing on the sidelines as you were, yep. and Darnold's looking at, thinking the blitz is coming yep. from his left side, and he's kind of telling Le'Veon, hey, yep. you know, check this out. And all of a sudden, Needham comes from the op, from yep. the Dolphins bench side, and he just, you know, laid the wood. Yeah, I think Bell to, went uh, from, from the Darnold. side he was on Needham's side to, when, to pick somebody up he on the did. other side. Here comes here he comes from the backside and uh and, and you, had, you had a lot of good stuff going on. The, the defense yeah played played really well um you know you had another 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 big negative play uh by Christian Wilkins mm-hmm. you know that set him back again and and you know it it you know, they they made they made Sam Darnold look like like what makes you worry about if they don't, if they don't win any more games they may go after a quarterback themselves. Well, it seems like there's <laughs> a know? lot of teams that are raising yeah. their hand when they say, That's "Hey, right. do we need a quarterback?" Exactly, and guys that had you know going in, you know, go look at Cincinnati going in. You figured Andy Dalton was their guy. Right, he's out now, and, and they got someone else in, so they're in the game now, and and they're really in the game. So it's a it's but, a battle. But, it's a battle to the bottom. It is. Uh, it this is. Year. But that being said. This game, you know, you talked about earlier, and you know the one thing with with Preston Williams out now, you know, Alan Hearns has been doing some good things. Isaiah Ford gets another opportunity now. He he kind of gets back into the mix, and you get to see some of those young guys. We saw a little, starting to see a little more out of Jakeem and Albert Wilson. Yes. You know, they're kind of getting back to what we remember them being prior to their injuries last year. They're still not not quite all the way there, but you're starting to see growth out of them. And and boy, I, I think if 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 Mike Gusecki who had to get a lot of confidence out of this football game. And I'm watching that game and going, man, every time I'm looking, they're going, they got a linebacker on him. That ain't going to work out so well. And, you know, and, and I think the thing with Mike, too, is, you know, this is a physical game. If you're a tight end in this league, you're going to make your catches, but you're going to feel those catches. Yes. You're going to get hit. And, and, and I think Mike Gusecki now is starting to understand that. And not only is he willing to take the hit, he's willing to give – as, as as much as he is, you know, take the hits, and, think- and I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's an important step for him to understand that a game like this huge. But I think for him to to, to know that hey, every time I catch the ball, there's a good chance I'm gonna get my head taken off, and that's just the way it's gonna be. Don't you think he's more ready this year in terms of being, um, I guess, he, available, av- available number one. But I, I think he's he's quicker in terms of I have to make this catch but I have to be ready to do something yes, yeah. after you know anticipate what I want to do yeah. as I'm running the route he's looking at coverage going if I'm going to run this route and I have an outbreaking route yeah. I know where coverage is so I know yeah. much time I have once I make the catch yeah. to turn up field where last year it seemed like it took so long for things to happen yeah. maybe you know, he's processing all these things that he wasn't number one making the catch yeah. consistently, but number two had any ability to do anything no. with the ball. Well, afterwards. And, and I think part of his issue was that he was kind of had one eye kind of looking downfield while the ball was coming and, and and not concentrating on that. And I think he's you know this of, of any he's had two good games now. Of any, this game should really be a, a big. You know, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta have a good game to know what it takes to have a good game. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And and I think that's kind of where where Mike has gotten to and hopefully this is just a you know really just a starting block for him to to be the kind of tight end that you know we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about the the Colts and Eric Ebron, one of the you know one of the the really dynamic right. tight ends in this league and you see him you see him all through and and hopefully Mike you know th- this kind of springboards him to being that guy that everybody expected him to be when they drafted him in the second round out of Penn State. I think the scheme's helping him as well <laughs> yeah. because I think there's a lot of routes where you know he's going to be at the line of scrimmage he's a lot stronger and faster this year than he was yep. last year and he's able to maneuver and get off the football and create separation where yeah. as a quarterback you know right away when I get that shotgun snap I I, I can see him you know in the yeah. periphery going he's got him yeah all I have to do is get it close now whereas yeah. last year it seemed like it was a it was one body yeah there was two people out there but it was one body yeah. you couldn't see any separation but I think it helps too they get him in the move a little bit right yeah. they let him get a little motion and when then he runs the and out then, routes. And then play off the motion yeah, yeah. so it gives him the, so he's not it's not that that I'm, He's not always stagnant. I'm stagnant, yeah. and, and I, now I got to figure out how to get by. There's a little, 
you know, you can feel that. You can feel guys in your back hip. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna flatten out a right. little bit and do those types of things. So, yeah, yeah, really good stuff there. And and, and I, I just think that, um, you know, with, with the with the game of Christian Wilkins, you see him continuing to get better and better. Gotcha. He's he's been, understanding. Gotcha's been, been playing good well. And, and you know, you, you lose X last week. You lose Kenny Webster last week. Those are your two starters last week. And I, I don't want to say they were, you know, they're they're, they're you know they're the greatest second, but. You're you're starting to see Jamal Wiltz play better, and need him with the big sack. Eric Rowe is is playing better. He's playing a lot of safety too. He's playing a lot of safety. Bobby McCain doing, and I think these guys have they struggled early, no question about it. But I think they've benefited from the reps that they've gotten. I think so. And and I think you're seeing, in particular, I think Eric Rowe is has raised his level of play quite a bit. Where you're you're not you know there have been times I've looked at him go ah geez. You got him on him, you know, and you're going, oh, this can be tough. But you know, you're you're starting to look at him now, and he's more competitive with these guys. He's more more in the right space, and and and, and Will, you're starting to see a little bit of that coming out of him too. Well, they compete, you know. Yeah. These guys are professional athletes. They have a lot of pride, and they didn't get here just because uh, you know they were the last guys on the street. These yeah. guys, you know, have talent. They have ability. They're starting to play a little bit better within the scheme. And I think the more reps they've been getting, you know, there's no question that they were struggling early in the year in the back end. But I think the front seven has gotten a lot better. And I think that the time of being able to cover in the back end is shortening just a little yeah. bit. And, and that helps tremendously, yeah. you know, for guys being able to take another step or, or being able to, you know, if they can hold it just a little bit longer in terms of hold their coverage because that ball has to come out yeah. and the front seven is doing their job. The distance is getting closer. Yeah. You know, they're not guys as receivers aren't running away from these yeah. guys as much anymore. So well, I think they well, are getting better. You, you, you hit on something. I agree with you because that's kind of been my commentary after the game when it goes, he's a secondary. I said, well, you know, it, it, turnovers in the secondary. And I said, well, you know, if you get some pressure up front, that's how you resolve the issues yes. in the back, the yeah. turnovers or the lack thereof. Because anytime you get a quarterback back there thinking or not knowing, then the balls, you know, you saw it two times, a couple times up there with, uh, uh, you know, with with Darnold, especially the one in the, you know, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He threw a shot put over in the, well, yeah. you know, by the goal line there. Well, Raekwon you know. breaks through and yep. he gets him around the waist. And believe me, he was throwing that football away. Yep. But the way that he was able to get around his waist, uh, it turned yep. the body and he he couldn't throw it any farther yep. than that. And so, you know, you got to credit the pressure from Raekwon being able to come and, and split blockers, get to Darnold and really affect the throw that yep. lead, that led to the interception. Yeah, we're going to take a little we we got someone coming in on their way for interview. We're not sure who it is, so we'll we'll get him when we'll get him when he gets here, but before he does John, before we do John, one one last thing. I I got to talk to you about this. And as I've seen it now in the last last couple weeks watching games and, and both it happened twice in the Dolphins game. It happened once with Mason Rudolph and it happened this week with Sam Darnold where you where you had him wrapped up. Wrapped up and they're going down, and then they throw the little pass in the completion. And my 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 situation is, they're they're if you hit the quarterback now, you, it's a penalty, right? And so, to me, this league needs to, they need to figure out if you're gonna if you're gonna not allow defensive linemen linebackers to hit the quarterback with force. You better bring the, the the in the grasp rule because it's it's not fair to, to the defensive linemen or linebackers, the people that are rushing, blitzing, whether it's a whether it's a blitzing corner linebacker, whether it's a defensive end, whoever's 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 on the quarterback to allow that quarterback to be wrapped up and still and, make and, a play, and still make a play because you're letting up <clears throat> on what normally the way normally you would hit that guy. Well, you, and I just don't. I think to me that that is a that's that that's a a the big flaw. In, in what they're doing. Okay, if you want to protect the quarterback, well then, you know, give the defense alignment a cracker too. Give them something that, hey, you got them wrapped up, we're going to call the play dead, and, and, and we're not going to allow these little – the guy's like – Halfway to the ground. six inches yeah. from the ground, he flicks it up, and some guy catches a ball, and it turns into a, a six- or seven-yard game. Yeah, there's no doubt defensive linemen especially and linebackers, they play with that hesitation or, or shadow yep. of doubt when they're in and around the quarterback because – Number one, they don't want to go for the the knockout blow because yep. if it They're looks if it looks if bad, close, even if yeah. it looks yep. bad, and it's not and it's not you know a, a big hit, but if it looks bad to the official, you're probably going to get a flag. And, yep. and number two, depending on the quarterback, if it's one of the you know five or six or oh, seven yeah, yeah. guys that that are up you know yeah. getting all those calls, it's definitely 15 yards. Yep. So I do agree. You almost have to 
you almost have to bring back that grasp rule in terms of uh, not allowing a quarterback to make a play when you when the, the play's really over. Yeah. Uh, because if you're going to throw flags with guys that start kind of at the thigh, but you, it might be a knee, yeah. and now you you know you throw a flag because it was questionable that yeah. it was a low hit or a, or a personal foul. You have to have some kind of defense for a defender yeah. that that gets a guy around the shoulders or gets a guy around the waist is bringing him down but he still is able yeah. to make a play yeah, right there, there's a, got to gotta be some gray ba- area gotta be sure. some balance there Oh, look who showed up. Mike Gusecki tied in. Uh, Mike, thanks for stopping by, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great week. It's been a, it's been a tough road for this football team. And, um, uh, and, and to get a win um, at home against the Jets, um, boy, a different feeling this week around the facility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Coach Flores has kind of been preaching to us for a while that, you know, we're getting close yep. and, you know, we're um, we're right there. Um, just got to be able to play a complete, you know, full four-quarter uh, four game. And on Sunday, you know, we were able to do that. Uh, obviously, still some more things to grow on and improve yep. on. But, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, we were able to come out with a win and that was our goal. Well, you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, 15 years in the league, 36 years, played for eight different teams. And, you can see why when he comes into the game. It, it, you know, it seemed like when he came over, when he took over in that fourth quarter against Washington, uh, that whole offense changed, and it seemed to be uh, everyone in that huddle um, respected him, trusted him, and had confidence in him. And and it seems like it's carried its, its way over onto the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Fitz is a guy that, you know whether it's on the field or off the field, you know, is, is, a, is a leader, you know, for, for this football team. And, uh, you know, somebody that I've been able to grow pretty close with, um, you know, I think, you know, our, our relationship and our connection kind of goes, you know, further than, than the football field. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the important thing, you know, because um, at the end of the day, um, there is more to this whole thing than, than the game. So, uh, you know, to have that connection, uh, you know, not, not only myself, but, you know, with a lot of guys mm-hmm. on this team. And then, you know, to respect him like that and to have that trust and belief in him that when he goes in, you know, guys are going to play really hard for him. Guys are going to make plays for him. And uh, I think you've seen that for the past couple of weeks, you know, ever since he's been, you know, inserted in, in the lineup. Yeah, the last month you can just see this team changing. And one of the things you see is you're becoming a bigger target for him. You're becoming a guy that, that, that he's got confidence in. Preston Williams before he got hurt, uh, another thing. And then and Devontae Parker, three guys in particular that it seems like the the – the, the chemistry with you guys seems to be getting better and better every week. Yeah, um, I think the, the big thing about playing with Fitz is that he's just going to give you a chance to go make a play, mm-hmm. um, which is as, as a receiver, you know, tight end, you know, any pass catcher of the football, I think that that's, you know, the, the trust and the and the, the belief that, that you want your quarterback to have in you um, that, you know, when – you know the the plays. You know, worst comes to worst, he's just going to give you a shot and go go make a play for him. And I think that that's kind of what you've been seeing. Uh, you know, Devonte with that one handed mm-hmm. uh, touchdown catch last week. Um, you know, a lot of Preston's uh, you know catches this year have you know been a lot of contested catches. And then you know I, you know he's been giving me a couple shots here and there. And you know it's all it's all you know good fun. And you know everybody's kind of you know bouncing around making plays. Yep. And I think you've been able to see that the last couple of weeks. But but you also for a quarterback when you put a ball up for somebody. And they go up and get it. It's a 50-50 ball. And you battle for that ball. And then you battle for yards after. You know, that guy's going to have that tendency to just keep coming back, mm-hmm. keep coming back, keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, that for you, I, I would think that you're feeling pretty good about the trajectory that you're on right now. Because it seems like you're getting more comfortable with a professional game. And they've put you in a situation now where you're kind of coming off the move sometimes, giving you different options. Do you feel good about the way you're being used and, and the and the growth that you're making within your game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that you know Coach Godsey has done a uh, has done a great job. You know, just attacking each and every day with me mm-hmm. out on the practice field because uh, you know it doesn't just click on Sundays. You know, this, this has been a has been a long drawn out process going all the way back to OTAs and uh, you know George and I and the rest of the tight ends have put a lot of time and, and work onto the practice field and um, you know it, it it didn't just happen overnight. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot a lot of room left to grow and, you know, to improve and get better in a lot of aspects of my game. So, uh, but, you know, it has been fun to kind of go out and make some plays here and there. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of football left yep. and, you know, obviously, you know, not never, never, never satisfied. So. Yards after catch, uh, that's a nice that's a nice, a nice thing to add to yeah, your, re- your resume absolutely. there absolutely. and your repertoire to, to, to do that. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the tight end position has become such a – 
really such a special, a very, very special position in the National Football League. You know, these tight ends now are making big plays, making big contributions. And, and, and but there's that aspect of the tight end where the chances are when you catch the ball, there's going to be someone not too far away that's ready to, ready to lay the wood on you. Mm-hmm. Is that something you have to get through and, and fight through and understand that, you know, look, I'm going to get hit anyway. Yeah. You know, better to catch the ball and get hit than, than yeah, not catch the ball and, and get hit. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of the routes, you know, that obviously tight ends are running, they're going to be over the middle. You know, they're going to be behind one line uh, linebacker and then in front of the safety. You know, that you're going to get hit here, hit there, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I think that we do a lot of drills and uh, put a lot of work into contested catches, you know, being able to take a hit, but, you know, make sure that uh, you secure the catch. So, uh, you know, like I said, I think that that goes back to practice and the, and the preparation that we mm-hmm. do beforehand and then just putting that into uh, into work on Sundays. Are you happy where you're at right now? I'm not saying you're satisfied, right. but are you happy with where you are at this point in your career with a, a lot of time left to go? Yeah, Um you know, I think that, you know, that's a kind of a unique question in terms of, like like you said, you know, not satisfied, but, you know, I am, you know, working towards, you know, the the player that, you know, these coaches envision me being and, and the player that I envision myself being. Um, so I'm going to continue to continue to work and, you know, come out here each and every day out here in practice because, you know, we still got, um, you know, a whole second yeah. half of this season to go. So there's, there's a lot of football ahead of us. And, um, you know, I just want to continue to whatever I can to, you know, help this team win football games and, you know, put a great product out on the field on Sundays. Penn State, and you, you go to uh, Pittsburgh and you have family come in, your folks come in, some of your teammates from Penn State come mm-hmm. over. Uh, it's nice to go on the road and see some familiar faces, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, heading back up north. Um, you know, not that I don't love it down here yeah. in, in Miami, but, you know, to get away from the heat for a little bit and head head, head up there, it was, it was great. And, uh, you know, seeing some uh, familiar faces and, um, you know, seeing some family and friends and all that kind of stuff. It was great. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately then we came back down here and, um, you know, we got we got a win. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. You, you get to the Jersey Shore during the off season. Oh, absolutely. Uh, whether it's, you know, in the, in the wintertime, I go back up there a little yeah. bit. And then in that time we have in between uh, OTAs and training camp, I like to go up there because yeah. that's the best time to be up there in the summertime. Yeah, it is a great place. Hey, uh, uh, one more thing. Uh, we talk about you, your Penn State guy. They came out with the top four for the uh, the playoffs. Penn State kind of nudged Clemson back mm-hmm. there, nudged nudged them to the yeah. to the back seat and picked up one of those spots. And I mm-hmm. know it's I know it's just the first poll, but hey, you're in there with the opportunity. And uh, did did you expect Penn State to be this type of team this year? Uh yeah. I mean, there's there's a ton of talent up there, and you know some some excellent coaches up there that are you know putting that talent to work on Sundays or on Saturdays and uh, you know I'm really happy for them to kind of watch them go out uh, so far this season and you know put it all out there so far 8-0 um, but uh, you know I think that you know they got a couple big tests ahead of them and uh, I'll be I'll be supporting them on Saturday it's uh, you know it's it's no matter how long you're out you keep keep looking back at that mm-hmm. team and there's always always seems to be some spirited conversation in there you know there's so many guys playing different spot different places in college football that it always seems to be that opportunity to have a couple guys over the course of the year. You get a little little dialogue that makes it a little fun. Oh, absolutely. You know, because, you know, obviously Penn State getting four yeah. and Clemson being five. You know, Christian has something to say about that. <laughs> but, you know, there's always always those fun conversations. But, uh, you know, it'll all work itself out. All right, Mike, well, keep keep on going, man. You're having a, having a good year. And uh, keep on going and just keep getting better and uh, stay healthy. And appreciate you stopping by and, and spending some time with us. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, John. Let's uh, uh, you know. Got to. We're going to have a chance here shortly to talk to uh, Arande Gadsden, who who had one of the great plays in. Uh, in the, I can almost remember. I can. I can almost walk to the spot in in, in that stadium and stand exactly where uh, Arande Gadsden made a ca- big catch in the in the football game. So we're going to talk to him about that uh, a little bit as we go forward here. Um, but before we do that, let, let's kind of get. Let's kind of move back to the Dolphins and, and the tasks that they've got this year. And, and you know, Brian. Uh, you know, Brian Flores talked about it Monday, and, and it may sound, you know, there, there, you know, there's, there's a, I don't want to say it because you now there's some stupid people out there. I said it. You yeah, know, you I, said it. So Brian, you know, well, he says, are "Hey, you look, talking about well, our guys or, or, no, or well, well, our guys? I mean, come on, that, that's a given." Um, the the, <laughs> you know, he comes out and says, "Look, I don't want my guys to get complacent." And all of a sudden, you hear a, like a an onslaught. Why? What do you mean complacent? They won one game, but I understand what he's saying. To me, it, to me, it's more. You know, this has been a, it was such a relief for this team, and such a, a a great experience for them in that locker room. That that fifteen minutes in the locker room, yeah, is that had to be great. Is is, is, is you know, 
That, that to me, and if you're a player, that's the valuable property, right? That 15 minutes in the locker room when no one else is in there, it's you and your guys, you just won a game, and, and you know, for them to get the experience, that, 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 was, that was nice. And so I can understand there's a concern, and it's not so much about being complacent, but you got to shut that joy off on Wednesday and, and get right back to business. No, that, it, that's it, important. Yes, because you can't sit here and be talking you know, on, on Saturday when they're flying up to – uh, to Indianapolis. Hey, man, did you see that? Remember that play? You know, you you got to be on. You got to be past that. You well, got to be past the losses. You got to be past the wins. It reminds me, you know, <laughs> I had that that five or ten second uh, jubilation after the game, like Herb Brooks after the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. You're by yourself and you just yeah, put your exactly. arms up. You're yep. going, we finally did it. Yeah. Well, after that, and all of a sudden Monday comes, it's it's, it's on. Back to, yeah, it, you, yeah. It's a one-game season again. Yep. And it's tough for a young team to do that. Uh, and I hope that this team, it, it starts on Wednesday, really, when they when they hit the practice or hit the meetings. Yeah, uh, They have to have that attention to detail. They have to stay hungry. They have to be able to, to do everything it took for the last three and a half weeks that they felt like they were in football games. Yeah. The way they practiced – you you couldn't tell if they're a, a a winless team or they'd won four in a row yep. because they're going out and working and they're and they're they're trying to hone their craft. They're, they know that they have to be at their best if they're going to have a chance, especially yep. when you go on the road and play a good team. And Indianapolis is one of those yep. good teams, so you have to be able to be better than you were at home against the Jets. Comes back, don't beat yourself with penalties. Don't don't lose the turnover yep. battle. Have a chance in the second half. That's what you're looking for. You have to be able to do all those things to get yourself an opportunity because this team, over the first eight games of the year, the first time and the only time they were able to win in the second half was last week. So they have to be able to be competitive early, play your game, but be able to figure it out and get out of your own way in the second half. And that goes back to what you do on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday, preparing for this football game. So you you got the the Colts coming up on the road, five and three, and that's a that's a tough tough. You know, you know, they, they, they. they they should pay homage to to Peyton Manning every every player that every offensive player that plays in that in that stadium yeah. because when they get on the field when when that offense gets on the field you can hear a pin drop in that building once once their defense gets on there you, you can't hear anything yeah. in that building and Peyton taught them pretty well how to you know how to handle themselves as, as fans out there but five and three football team big offensive line big question Jacoby Brissett went down got a medial medial collateral strain yeah. I've I've had that I think I, I think it probably took me. Uh, I've had once or twice, and, and I know one time it took me about almost two, almost three weeks to get get back. But they're expecting he's going to play, or they saying they hope he plays. If he doesn't, it's Brian Hoyer. Uh, Brian Flores knows both those guys from New England, knows them very well, uh, and, and they'll prepare they'll prepare their football team to beat the 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 um, the Indianapolis Colts. Whatever quarter they're they're not going to change anything for either because no. they're both the same guy. They both they both have the ability to, to extend plays with their legs, but for the most part they're going to be pocket quarterbacks. But they'll move around in the pocket and buy themselves time, and they can throw the ball down the field. So they're going to work on that. But this is a, this is a very Marlon Mack six hundred seventy nine yards rushing. So you've got a guy that gives you a running game, which brings play action in which always makes it difficult, especially on linebackers and safeties. I think this is a tough team to play because I think it starts up front. They're very good with their offensive line. They create movement. They don't have to rely on the run or the pass. That When they're at their best, they can kind of be a blended offense to be able to take some pressure off the quarterback and be able to move the football on the ground. You said with Marlon Mack, this is a guy that's a talented runner. I think it's going to be a, a difficult task for the Miami Dolphins up, up front. They have to really bring their hard hats. And I'm talking about getting penetration and being able to make him stop and then start again yep. and, and stay away from the big plays down the field. I think if they can build on a lot of the good things that we saw against the Jets at home at Hard Rock and they can take it to Lucas Oil and be able to be as good on the road withstand that first, I don't know, six to eight yep. minutes of a football game where you look at the scoreboard, it's either 0-0 or it's 7-7 yep. or it's 7-3 us and you feel like, okay, we're, 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 we came to play today. Yeah. They're going to have to earn it if they're going to beat us. Yeah. You don't want to see it 14 nothing or 10 nothing, and you're fighting an uphill battle, especially against a team that knows how to close out good teams. I mean, they, they, they win close games. They yeah. won a two-point game uh, you know, uh, along, along the way. They lost a two-point game last week against the Steelers, but yep. you know, they, they beat the Chiefs in a close game. This is a team that can beat anybody yep. any given week. So you're hoping that the Dolphins can you know, look after that first quarter and feel like, okay, yep. this is going to be a four-quarter 
a game. Yeah, no doubt about it. T.Y. Hilton looks like he's out. He was out last week. I don't think there's a chance of him going back. Zach Paschal's a, one of the other receivers they've got. But Eric Ebron, the tight end, you know, that's a guy that, that you'd like to have Mike Gusecki when, when the Dolphins' defense is on the field. Kind of, kind of keep an eye and, and, and look at Eric Ebron and, and the way he plays his game because similar kind of build guys. Ebron's probably a little bit bigger than, than Mike, but uh, he certainly is a guy that you can, you can look at. And you know, I think everyone in this league now looks at guys – and sees what they do to make them successful. And he's been pretty successful and, and pretty effective for this football he team. He has. You know, he's a guy that can do everything from yep. the tight end position. And I think the key will be the way the quarterbacks play. I mean, these guys have been schooled, both former New England quarterbacks. Yep. These guys are not going to try to beat themselves in terms of forcing the football. Uh, I think the Dolphins have to find a way to make them uncomfortable. I mean, they made Sam Darnold look yep. not like a first-round draft choice last week. They made him yep. uncomfortable. But I think Brissett, if he plays, or Hoyer, if he plays, is going to have a little bit more talent around him yep. at his disposal. A very good defensive football team as well. So I think this front seven, again, is going to have to find a way to disrupt the passing game, to, to stop the run and make it third and seven, yep. third and nine. I think that bodes well for the Dolphins. Yeah, well, someone that knows all about playing up in uh, in, in that state, I don't know what it's called when when he made the play, it was Rondé Gaston. Rondé was, Maybe it, the RCA uh, Dome. Yeah, RCA Dome, I right? think that was it. Rondé's an inter- interesting guy, you know. Comes out of the Arena Football League, and you know, I'm looking at him when they brought him. I go, "What's this guy? He's a big, kind of bigish receiver, not a big lean receiver, kind of a big guy." And boy, but I'm gonna tell you what, biggest hands I've ever seen. And boy, he made some as a as a career here with the Dolphins. He made some catches that just made you like, "Wow." I've never seen that one before. Yeah, he had a wow day. Yeah, he did up there yeah, against no Indy. That was unbelievable. Yeah, you got a chance to catch up up with him. So uh, let's hear what he had to say. Now I get the opportunity to go down memory lane, 1999, October 10th, Miami at Indy. A 34-31 victory for the Miami Dolphins. Dan Marino hooks up with Aronde Gatson for the two-yard touchdown. And happy to be joined by Aronde to take us through that game and tell us a little bit about what went on in, in critical situations for the Miami Dolphins to come out on top. And Aronde, uh, thanks, number one, for joining us. And, and what do you remember about going into that game that featured two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, one in Dan Marino, your quarterback, and one in a future Hall of Famer in Peyton Manning. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, it was it was it was probably an intense game one for me. It was uh, probably just my second game starting in the NFL, so that was that was pretty exciting for me. And um, just that we were uh, a veteran team at the time going up to play, which was the you know rookie phenom Peyton Manning and uh you know it, it's, it's obvious that you know Peyton wanted to do good for his team and Dan wanted to show that he still had it against a young you know gunslinging rookie and so you know it, it turned out to be just that <laughs> it really did it went down to the wire but early in the game uh, after you guys tie the game at three all Jimmy Johnson, your head coach for the Miami Dolphins, goes for an onside kick that the Dolphins recover. How can that? How did that motivate you guys? And what does that tell you a little bit, or what does that tell us as, as listening to you describe that about the way Jimmy coached in his game day style? Uh, well, you know, Jimmy was um, Jimmy was his own man. Obviously, he did his own thing, but. It, when it was game time, he was, uh, you know, I, 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 I err on the side of saying this to, for people to misunderstand me. Uh, he was a player's coach during the game. Um, he would feel the pulse of the of the game and the pulse of his team, and he'd do what was best uh, on the side of being more aggressive because we were feeling aggressive. I think we got a stop and we scored, and we were feeling that uh, the defense at the time could handle what uh, Peyton Manning and Adrian James and, and and the rest of the crew were doing over there, the Colts. And I, I think he felt that he felt it was a time to steal some momentum, and, and he went for it. And you know, obviously, us as players. We, we 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 thrive on that when you say when the coach comes to you and asks what do you think about uh, uh, us doing this onside kick you know offense get ready uh, man we we're, we're ready to go 
And you also thrived on making big plays in critical situations, not only during your career, but in this football game. After that onside kick, the Dolphins faced a third and three in the second quarter. You catch an 11-yard pass from Dan Marino. How much pride did you take in moving the chains and making those big catches in critical situations? Uh, it, it was just uh, my my part in in the offense. I, I don't think it, it was it was something I guess thrusted upon me. It was nothing that I I, I relished in. It was just you know um, we had OJ, which was getting the bulk of the passes. That that was the cornerstone. That was the foundation of the offense. Dan and OJ, obviously, we had Tony Martin. He could take the top off it. And so somewhere in between, I I, I kind of fell in there, and so. Um, I, I think as the as the game went on, um, I was I was the rookie. I was a young guy. I just you know came from the arena league, so I wasn't those guys at the time. So I'd always get single coverage. They'd roll the coverage obviously over to OJ. The safety would probably try to cheat to stop Tony from going deep, and I would be on the side by myself one on one. And and I, I guess you know in in this game more than than probably any other, Dan felt. Uh, a lot of confidence that I could come up with the plays and you know that's just what I had to do and I I, I took pride in doing it because uh, you know it was Dan Marino throwing me the ball. <laughs> that's right you know anytime you have a Hall of Famer on your side it's a good thing and you mentioned yeah, it's a good thing. you mentioned you know obviously yourself making some big plays in that game and Tony Martin he had two 28 yard passes uh, one of those uh, led the Dolphins to a score to, to bring the score at 17-15 and you mentioned OJ McDuffie how, how good uh was it to have those guys uh, lining up in the huddle beside you? Uh, you know, it, those guys would give you confidence all week. They they tell you, you know, they'd help you uh, with um, you know watching film. They'd help you get ready for the game. And in the game, they kind of you know did their thing. They 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 gave you enough during the week, along with Coach Ford, that when you got in the game, you're confident enough to carry out and execute the plays. But you know those guys, you could always lean on. They they they've been there so many times before, and and. Uh, Tony was excited that year to be back home, and and uh, OJ, like I said, was the foundation, and, and so he he he'd always give you little tidbits of how to play the game, what to do, um, and I, I, I thank them because uh, they 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 gave me the chance to carry on the torch, you know, when it was all said and done. Well, there was a lot of scoring in this game on October 10th in 1999. The Colts. Uh, took a couple of leads in the first quarter, and in the third quarter they took another lead. But on third and 17, Dan found you for a 62-yard gain where you break a couple of tackles, drag a defender down to the four-yard line. Tell us about that play and maybe what the call was and what you remember about it. Um, I just, once again, like I said, they, they, you know, if I was inside by myself playing X and, and OJ was, was Y and Tony was Z, they'd, they'd be on the other side. So obviously once again, they'd roll coverage to that side because, you know, it wouldn't roll coverage to me. One, I wasn't really going deep a lot. And, and, and two, I, I was a young cat, you know, just, just coming out of the arena league, just trying to, you know, just find my way. But, they left me one on one, and it was a skinny post, and you know, it's fourth outside on the fourth outside. You know, when you turn, the ball is there. You know, Dan is not. You know, you don't have to look for the ball very hard when it's coming to you. It's right there. So I caught it, and then you know, I, I tried to score. Obviously, that was that was my deal. Uh, you know, the tackle breaking the tackle spot was just something. You know. Uh, I did try to get to the end zone. It wasn't, you know, something I planned on doing. But, but like, once again, I, I think it becomes – if you're a competitor out there and you have some veteran guys and they're getting the ball and they're doing their thing, you want to be a part of it. And so that was my deal. I, I tried to hold up my end of the bargain while – while, while Tony and OJ was doing theirs. Well, this was a back-and-forth football game. The Dolphins score, but the Colts come right back, a 97-yard drive to take a lead at 24-15 to in the fourth quarter. It seemed like the emotions were going back and forth in this football game. Dan gets you right back on the field and hands it to Cecil Collins. He goes for 25-yard. Peyton answers with another touchdown. And then the Colts take a, an intentional safety as he Manning runs out of the end zone uh, backwards for 12 yards. I think Sam Matt 
Madison uh, was the uh, friendly culprit on the play. He gets credit for the safety, but really Peyton runs out of the end zone on his own. But you guys get the ball back on the 36-yard line. Marino completes a couple of passes. You're at midfield, and then there's a, a controversial play. Danny's rushed, and he steps up into the pocket. The ball is gets pushed forward, but the rule on the play was that Dan fumbled it, and after review, it goes the other way. Do you remember watching that play on the on the scoreboard on the jumbotron that was in the stadium, and and what was the emotion like going from possibly losing the game to having another chance? Yeah, you know that that, that was just a a veteran move by Dan. I don't think you could uh, you know chalk that any, up to anything else but him being a vet on the play. Obviously, you know at this time in his career, he wasn't fleet of foot, nor was he probably ever, but less now. And I, I think he felt the pressure. He felt everything breaking down, and he, he pushed the ball forward instead of actually throwing it. But he knew at at, at some point if they reviewed it, it would be a forward incomplete pass because he was given a forward motion. I, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember whether he, he, he did, you know, like cock back the throw, but I remember him like pushing it, actually pushing the ball out of his hand onto the ground. And, uh, you know, at the time when it was being reviewed, we were kind of like, oh, man, you know, for it to come down to this. And they had been blitzing all day. They had been blitzing knowing that Dan wasn't going to run anywhere. He was just moving the pocket. Um, they were they were trying to get to him, and, and, and that time they got to him. But like I said, Dan being a veteran Hall of Fame quarterback knew how to uh, kind of curve curved the rules and the situation in his favor, and he did. And we got the ball back. Um, you were never out of a game when you had, you know, Dan Marino and, and time on the clock, and it was a passing situation. If we were trying to milk the clock, then that's a different story. But if we were down and he could pass the ball or no threat of a run play, well, we felt very confident. And that's what you guys had with just uh, over a minute left in this football game, fourth and 10 at midfield. You catch a 48-yard touchdown pass down to the two-yard line. What do you remember about the play? I can remember Dan and I talking about it, and I can't exactly remember the fine details, and I'm sure you're going to be able to fill in the blank, but I don't know if it was a a head nod. I don't know if it was a a hand gesture, or he just told you, hey, they're going to play this coverage, and I don't want you to run a slant. I want you to run a go, or maybe it was a a slant and go, but you catch the big play down to the two-yard line. Tell us what you remember on the play. Yeah, that was, that was probably, uh, you know, you have defining moments in your career, and that was probably one of them for me. Um, we had called the timeout, and we were going to go for it. And um, we knew they were going to blitz, obviously. At, you know, and on your blitz read, it's, it's you know, if two comes weak, you run a hitch. And Jimmy told me to run the hitch because they were going to blitz off the edge to get to Dan. And when we got in the huddle, Dan had said, don't, run the hitch, run the go. And, you know, like I said, me being a rookie, I didn't know. I was torn listen to Jimmy because Jimmy <laughs> told me they were going to blitz to run the hitch. I listened to Dan, and Dan said run the go. And, you know, it's one of those decisions you have to make on the fly, and you think about it in the split second from the timeout huddle to the huddle on the field to when you run out to line up. And I just figured, hey, look, uh, Dan's on the field. He got the ball, so I'm listening to the guy with the ball. But I knew if it didn't work out as planned, and Jimmy told me to run the hitch, and it might, you know, went incomplete. Oh boy, I was probably going to run straight over to the end, and not come back down side to sideline. So uh, it was a tough call to make, but I made the call, and they did. Let's two did come weak, and, and Dan, you could see him. They were they were inching up closer and closer to blitz. Uh, as a, as he was giving the cadence, and he looked, and I was like, all right, you know. And um, I ran the goal, and he threw it, and I caught it, and, and we got down to the two-yard line. So that that was a big deal. You know, it's one of those plays where <clears throat> the whole thing is going to slow motion. The ball is taking like an hour to come down. You're open. I want to catch it, and I, and I did you know that that was I can still remember that play. That had a probably felt like an eternity once you broke the huddle to get out to where you had to line up, thinking, yeah, "What am was, I going to do?" Right? Yeah, that was that was tough. It was it, it was tough because, like I said, Jimmy said one thing, Dan said another, and I, I think they were both on the same page as they were going to blitz. You know, it's fourth and ten. What they got to lose if they throw it, they make the tackle. 
Um, and, and so, you know, Dan said run the go. And um, I, I just I just knew that, um, you know, it, it was on me to make the catch because <laughs> the ball was going to be where it was supposed to be. So um, I, I got the catch. The safety, he kind of held the safety as long as he could with his eyes and, and got the ball over there. So uh, it was it, it worked out the the best, especially for me. And two plays later, you have the game-winning two-yard touchdown pass from Danny on the fade route uh, to take the 34-31 lead. That holds up as the numbers uh, that lead the Dolphins to victory. You out-jump a defender and high-point the ball. You get pushed out of bounds. Do you remember uh, the officials taking a little time to call the scoring touchdown, or, or what, did you have a conversation with anybody after the catch? Or we'll Take us through the, the touchdown catch. Well, you know, the, the play was a fade in the huddle. And, you know, Dan said he was coming to me. Everybody knew he was coming to me. You know, it was just, you know, they were going to hold the box. I just had to catch the ball. And, I, you know, listen, I've I, I done it plenty of times before, but I, I, I've never done it on that stage, you know, on a Sunday afternoon football game, a 4 o'clock game when everybody's watching. You know, you, you always remember those games growing up. It, it's the last game just before 60 minutes comes on. <laughs> it was it was something that you dream about. And um, I went up and caught the ball. I, I, I knew I had the ball, and he pushed me out. But like I said, as you as they, you know, they, they get the signal, but they're going to review it. Um, you go over to the side and, and take a knee, and, and Coach Ford, who was the wide receiver coach at the time, told me, you know, don't worry, it's a touchdown. You caught it. He'd always tell us, you make the play, you let the referees figure it out later. Um, and, and so I caught it, and, and OJ and Tony Martin, all three of them came to me and agreed that it was going to be a touchdown. And they, they reviewed and came back. At that time, push-out wasn't the rule, so I, I came down one foot inbound. They pushed me out, you know, before I got the second one down, and, and they gave us a touchdown. We were pretty excited. I was pretty excited about the, the whole situation. Um, uh, like I said, it was, it was one of those landmark games for me. Um, I think probably the biggest thing coming out of that game is uh, getting the confidence and, and uh, acceptance from your Hall of Fame quarterback, Dan Marino. Yeah, that was two big plays in a row. You have the long 48-yarder, then the two-yard touchdown pass. Manning and the Colts get the football back with just 22 seconds left, and Brock Marion intercepts uh, a Manning pass. You guys win the game. Number one, do you still have the football, or did Danny take that one from you? No, no, I got that one. I got that one. Got that one. Because, just, as you know, Dan has a lot of them in his, in his house. I just wondered, you better yeah. have that one. Yeah, no, no, yeah, just, Jimmy gave me that one in the locker room, so I I had that one. That was that was that was that was like I said, that was that was a big deal for me at the time. You know, I I, I didn't know it, but I, I felt it, and that, that was the kind of connection uh, we we needed. We had, and it, and it grew from there, from you know Dan to the rest of the quarterbacks that we had. But it, it, it kind of grew from there. Um, you know. It's cool. Catching that touchdown was a big deal because you always we we knew we had a good defense. I think everybody knew at the time the defense was was lights out. All we had to do was do our part and score. The defense would hold them, and you know it was that was one of those team games. You know they they were having uh, a little trouble stopping Manning. We was scoring and we just had the ball last. You know it was that kind of deal. So. Uh, it, it was an exciting game. I can remember it as I'm talking about it like it was yesterday. Yeah, that was a back-and-forth game, a big victory in Dolphins history. October 10th, 1999, the Dolphins defeat the Colts 34-31 on the back of Dan Reno and Aronde Gatson making some big catches and big plays in that football game. Aronde, thanks for taking us down memory lane and sharing uh, your recollection of what happened uh, that, that day on the road and, and playing such a big part in a Dolphins victory. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. All right, so Aronde, one of the good guys, part of that uh, part of that staff with uh, Patrick Sertan and those guys at American Heritage. And the, the one thing I, I remember seeing a picture, and he's always been a good guy. OG's always been a, a fun guy. First day of practice, his first day as a coach, and he probably, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but Aronde probably weighs about 280 right now. Maybe an maybe an ounce or two more. I'm, I'm not sure. One, one pound either way. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but but he comes he he comes out like with with a whole 
whole uniform on, yeah. two sizes too small, and <laughs> gut hanging out, and just had these guys rolling on the ground when he came out. So he's, he's that kind of guy. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a fun guy to have as a teammate. It's fun to, fun to see him do what he does. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good to hear from him because he's yeah, uh, great guy. Re- really, really a good guy and, and had a really, really good career. You know, here you know with the, the one thing in talking with him, the, the, the most fun I, I took out of that was when he said, you know, both Dan and, and head coach Jimmy Johnson, you know, knew they were going to blitz on that situation. Yep. And Jimmy told him, hey, run the hitch, you know, run the yep. hitch. So, so that's be our conversion. And when they got in the huddle, Dan said, hey, when you see that coverage, don't run the hitch, run the go. <laughs> and, and Ronde is saying to himself, that was the longest time it took from the huddle to get out <laughs> yeah. to my position. What am I going to do? I'm looking at who, who Jimmy. Am I, who am I going to listen to? He goes, I'm going to listen to Dan Jimmy. Had the ball. Gonna, he said, yeah. Dan had the ball. So I figured I was safe with him. And I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's good stuff. But uh, anyway, hey, that's going to. That's going to do it for, for us today. You remember, uh, the Audible is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. And, and John, I was, tell, I was telling you a story that uh, uh, when, when, when I was leaving the stadium, uh, I ran into a guy that works there. A guy, you know, works his ass off all day, comes early and stays late. And, you know, and, and we're leaving after doing an hour and a half post-game show, whatever it was, and hardly anyone in the stadium. Right. I'm walking out, and the guy says, hey, Mr. Bo Camper. He goes, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, what's up? He says, you know, I feel like I know you. So I listen to you on the Audible all the time. <laughs> and uh, so I said, hey, I appreciate that. And he says, really enjoy it. Listen all the time. So Devon, just want to give you a shout all out. Right, Pre- appreciate it for you. And appreciate. I know you've talked yeah, to him a little bit. Yeah. And uh, a good guy that works his ass off. And uh, it's nice to it's nice to run into people. Thanks that, for uh, listening, yeah, man. That, we that, appreciate that, that, it. Do it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot. And it was, it was nice meeting you. And uh, I know we got a lot of other people out there. Wish we could give names of, of all four people. We'll see you at the Bills all game. Four people that listen to this podcast <laughs> or, or however many it is but uh but that's going to do it again that's going to do it for the uh for the audible brought to you by microsoft service with john Kinjemi. i'm kim bo camper we'll be with you next week